Hi there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know direct from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day where you say, I do. After photographing for the past 18 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take about the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. So, Here's the deal. Today's episode, I have a couple of my besties on here. We have Dan Phillips, obviously my right-hand man, and we're going to have one of my very good friends, Faith, from Faith Dugan Photography, who's a fellow photographer. So you're wondering, what are we doing here on today's episode? So here's the deal. I have been really struggling a, a little bit with producing a show for you all with photography. I sit down in the recording studio, and I just draw a blank because I just can't. I don't even know where to start, basically, right? I mean, it is a podcast, right, about wedding planning. But for two years now, Dan and I have been doing this, and I don't feel we've delivered a full show to you about wedding photography. There's been bits and pieces, things that we've talked about that you can check out on some previous episodes, one about first looks. We've also talked about some editing styles, having one shooter versus two shooters, but we haven't really talked about photography. Why, you're wondering? Because I just don't know where to start. So I called the lifeline, called on my girl, Faith, and I said, Faith, come into the recording studio with me and let's just talk photography. So here we are today for today's episode, and we're going to bring to you basically a handful of just tips that you should just be asking your photographer and some things that just doesn't matter that sometimes people do ask us. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode talking with two of my favorite people. Well, welcome back, podcast friends. Today, I have two very special people joining us. I have my dear friend, Faith Dugan from Faith Dugan Photography, and we have our very own Dan Phillips with us. Hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, right. So, Faith, for the people who don't know you, let's start out with letting them know who you are, who you serve, and what you do in your business. I'm Faith Dugan. I've been a wedding and portrait photographer in my hometown of Newport, Rhode Island for 18 years. I opened in 2005. I photograph uh, luxury weddings for couples in Newport, Rhode Island and the surrounding area and uh, family photos, babies, newborns, um, general photography post, post-wedding. So you grew up in Newport? Did you go like to high school there and everything? I did, yes. Oh, cool. I'm a I born and raised Newporter. Yeah, so we got her to come over the bridge. Oh, that's tough. Well, now I live on the mainland, but you know. Oh, good God. Right. I know. You came over to the wild side. I came over to Ahoy. the wild side. <laughs> the Newporter sent me, a, uh, sent me on a bon, bon voyage party when I, when I left. So I think it's also fun, Faith, to let everybody know how we know each other. So how long have we known each other? Has it been? It's fifteen years no, at least. Only twenty years. Has it been that long? Yeah, twenty years. Yeah. Did you just age yourself? Uh oh. I did the math on the way on. Twenty years. I oh uh-huh. really. Uh huh. I feel like I keep subtracting like two years 
from everything because of, <laughs> you know, the global health crisis. Right. It's just like minus two years. Like that that time period just didn't happen. It's just. No, I mean, I, I met you when I first started my career. Right. You know, I mean, we started a year apart. Right. And um, but then we became friends maybe like four years into it. OK. I yeah. would say. So that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then we have Dan here who Dan and I have known each other. What, Dan? Fifteen I think it's been more, but we'll just say 15. Yeah, right. <laughs> like 15 years. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So we've all been shooting together for 15 years. I mean, when I say together, too, for the listeners, it's a pretty isolating, like, career that we've all chose here, right? I mean, we sit here. We work for ourselves. We edit by ourselves. But then at the same time, we have our fellow photographers in the community that do the exact same thing, sit and edit and photograph by themselves, but we all are kind of like a community, but yet we go to a very social event to work at. It's true. It's very weird, yeah. right? It's true. So now you have three photographers sitting in a room together. That have known each other for 15 years. Right. And then we're going to talk about some of the behind the scenes and you know what to do and what not to do in terms of photography and planning your wedding. That's what we figured. That's what With we're going to bring to you guys. We have... Three experts here that what we were thinking is we'll just kind of lay it out, right? I mean, what basically to ask your photographer versus what is just not important, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just going to kind of dive into it, all right? So with that said, who wants to kick it off over here, guys? You're the guest, Faith. Yeah, Faith, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're going to start with uh, the photographer interview, right? This is the your initial point of meeting us when you are engaged and you're sitting down and you're going to start uh, interviewing different photographers for your perfect day. So one of the things we get asked a lot about is uh, our gear and our equipment specifically. And we feel like this is probably not the best question to lead off with while we understand why you would want to know that um you know we all photograph probably about we all use probably about the i don't know there's five to seven to ten major camera brands or types or whatnot if you like the images that you're seeing on their website on their instagram this is probably not the most important question and your time with your interview with your photographer is better spent doing other things we do however think it's very important to talk to your photographer about backup equipment. Every professional photographer should be bringing uh, extra lenses, extra bodies, uh, things happen, um, things get broken on a job. So that is something that is that is very important to discuss. Also, um, you know, this is a very inside baseball situation, but a lot of our cameras do photograph uh, to two cards at the exact same time, um, simultaneously reading and writing and, and capturing all your images to two different memory cards, um, which is something I think if you do want to talk about gear, maybe your fiance is really technical and is kind of a gearhead or somebody has had, a, you know, some experience with professional photography or, you know, a, a class in high school and just really geeks out on the, the technical equipment part of that. Um, talking about dual slots and backup equipment would probably be your uh, best line of questioning. Yeah, and some people like are real like, um, like brand based. It's like, oh well, what what logo is on your camera, right? And it's like that so doesn't matter. It's like, oh, Sony, Canon, Nikon. It's like, 
who cares, right? You know, it's interesting you say that, too, because you brought up a good point, Faith. A lot of times when someone is interviewing us or, you know, we're interviewing them, too. You know, it's basically what we're talking about is that first initial phone call. You do get that every now and then, like, what type of gear? Or, like, are you, like you said, Dan, like, people come up to us and, like, Dan and I happen to be cannon shooters, and I know, Faith, you are, too. But people say, oh, you know, I'm Nikon or, oh, I'm Sony. And like you said, there's Fuji. There's so many. There's, like eight brands main brands out there but like dan was saying it doesn't matter what our logo is it's like pepsi and coke it's like <laughs> really really you can take the difference or whatever but some people i can oh listen oh jeez you're one of those i am one of those <laughs> but with that said faith you have a great point instead of asking us what gear because do you really care how we get the image it's but you maybe another question would be what is your backup because i think that's really important if you know, for someone like us who've been shooting for, I mean, 20 plus years, we have, I mean, to me, I, I, I that's like a no brainer, but it's a question to ask somebody because if they haven't thought about this or they don't have their backup, that might be a, not, I don't want to say a red flag, but that's something to consider that they haven't thought about options on a one day event that you can't get back. Mm -hmm. Right. And you kind of gave them a little behind the scenes, a little, little nugget to take with them so like faith was saying the dual cards in the camera nowadays the more expensive cameras the newer cameras that are coming out tend to have the dual camera slots so that right there is like literally on site you're getting a backup and when we talk about that we're saying the images go to two different cards so in the event that one of the cards fails the whole other card has exactly the same image. So you're like duplicating your images and putting them in two places. So if something happens to one of them, you have that backup. And just so you all know, there is a such thing out there about like this static electricity thing. And I get my yearly texts from Faith all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like it comes around this time of year and Faith, you say it. What, what is it? So static electricity is a real situation that we need to be mindful of. Um, any time of the cold time of year where you're wearing a fleece jacket or, you know, I know I've got furry dogs at home, so I come home from a wedding. Um, I've got static from the outside and I go and pet my dogs and I zap them. Um, if you reach in, if you open up that card slot and you reach in and you touch uh, a CF or an SD card, especially an SD card where all of the metal is on the outside, uh, that one zap will totally wipe your card like it's like sticking it in a microwave so that is done that card is toast all the images are gone um, so that's why it's always really important to never ever uh, change your card while standing on a carpet um, try to find something touch metal stand on wood stand or or if you're if you're that paranoid about it just come home from the wedding leave your cameras on the table take all your clothes off take a shower and just don't come back to them until tomorrow just leave them. They're safe in there. Don't touch them. Leave them. Discharge your static. What you don't want to do is you do not want to be a lightning rod touching an SD card. And so the moral of the story is for the like the listeners who are listening to be like, what are you talking about? But that is true. I get literally a, a yearly text from Faith. She's like, just remember. And it's like, but the point is, these are the things that a true professional is thinking about. Everything from these weird static electricity times, like like, like you say, Faith, like just wearing a fleece jacket. So we have certain car, we have certain cases that we keep our cards in, certain procedures, to everything from dual camera slots to you know, those are the things that 
that matter, right? When you're, So just ask your photographer what the backup is. I mean, we could start going off on a tangent, and that's fine. But then if they do, that means that they really have thought everything through. I mean, Dan, do you remember, though, like this is really going off on a tangent, mm-hmm. but do you remember the New Year's wedding that we did many years ago, and I locked my keys in the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted to bring that up. Well, I did because here's the thing. I, we, I have, like... I have precautions set in place for all sorts of different situations. So I have extra keys on me, extra things. Like when I tell you there is so many different things that go into your wedding day that does not only about gear, but that a true professional needs to think about. Like I locked my keys in the car, but don't you worry. I had a spare somewhere else. I'm not telling anybody where my spare is, but I did. But the point is there's just so many things. I mean, even flat tires. So leave the job early, like for the job early. You can run into beach traffic. You can have a flat tire. Like there's just so many things that happen on the job. So I think the question is, what is your backup? I I would agree. Uh, Another thing that's off on a tangent about that is that in talking about I've done that I've locked my keys in the car I also it's impossible now with the new cars with the key fobs and everything but I also used to have that like a little key box yeah stuck under somewhere that was my old car so don't think you're gonna steal my car but um I carry a halo uh battery charger that I can jump my own battery on my own so it's pretty cool. So everybody should have one of these, whether you're a wedding photographer or not. It's called a Halo battery pack, and you put in. It comes with its own proprietary jumper cables, and you plug that thing in. And if you can open your hood and you can locate your battery lugs, you can jump yourself on the side of the road. You don't need to call AAA. You don't need to flag down another car See? to give you a jump. So that's something I wrote around. And actually just need to use it on my own personal time the other day. Battery died, and I had that Halo backup in the trunk. And then I realized my my car, once the battery's totally dead, the trunk won't even open. So I was like, okay, so now the halo needs to live inside the cabin. Like that, in case I do get totally, you know, car shuts down, car is a brick, I can go into the back seat, grab that halo, and jump myself on the side road and still make it to your wedding on so time. So there you go. So see, I, I can lock myself on a car and, and like immediately get myself into my no not myself i did not lock myself i can lock my car and get myself out you could jump your jump myself on the side yeah. of the road yeah. and, and you know or what? another wedding vendor and too don't you worry carry that around dan will have non-static cards mm-hmm. so there you go there's the nugget right there guys so basically tip number one don't ask about gear but ask them about backup situations and you know if you could see we could we literally just nerd it out for about 15 minutes about backups mm-hmm. so but the point is a true wedding photographer has thought about every scenario to make sure that you have true liability on your day these are the things that keep us up at night yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> these, are, these are the things that keep us up at night so another question, though, that I suggest that you do ask us is if we have insurance. So for me, when I get asked that, it's like a no-brainer. Like, of course I do. I have all sorts of insurance. But definitely ask your photographer that because, especially nowadays, a lot of the venues are requiring us to show insurance. Um, there was a little bit of a lax on that, I feel, at least in this part of the nation. But it, when COVID years happened, it's kicking right back up. So the last thing you want to do is book a photographer that does not have their own insurance for obvious reasons. There's so many things there. But also, too, they technically cannot be on your site Um 
sometimes because a lot of the venues, at least here, require that. And the last thing you want to do is being in a contract with someone for like six months to a year. And then all of a sudden you ask them for their liability insurance certificate and they just don't have it. And guess what? They can't come on your on site at your venue. Another thing that you should be speaking to your photographer with in your initial interview is um, do you own the rights to your images and how will you be receiving them? Uh, are you delivery by download? Are you a USB? Are you a hard drive? When can I expect the images? And what do I have the ability to do with those images? Yeah, that's a great point. So basically what you're talking about is do you own them, the digital images? When will you get them? And how will you get them? That's awesome. That's a really important question. So, Faith, I want to have you kick that off, and then I'll, I would love to just chime in because I, I, have, <laughs> I have some comments about that. Sure. So this is, this is really important. Um, I have this specifically spelled out in my written agreement that if you are having your wedding the first six months of the year, you will clearly see that the turnaround time is a little bit faster than if you're holding your event the last six months of the year. So that's July through December. Um, where we are located in Rhode Island, um, there's not an abundance of events happening January through April. We sort of consider this a little bit preseason or off season. So there's not an abundance of events happening during that time. So we're all caught up from the winter. Um, we're always doing something in the winter, either album design or marketing or taxes. Or we're always doing something, but we don't have quite the bottleneck that you have in August, September, October, where we're out every single weekend shooting nonstop, coming home with, you know, thousands upon thousands of images to call through. Um, also running out during the week to do those engagement sessions with the fall foliage or everything. So that that latter time of the year, it might be a little bit longer. Um, so that's always something I put out there. It's something I discuss in every initial meeting that I have with a potential couple, um, just because I, I really want to be very clear about that and why. Um, so that's definitely something I think is really important to talk about. And I think that is the main thing, is that basically just asking your photographer how long their turnaround time is for the digital images or any of the product that they're getting. Because then every photographer is going to have their own turnaround time. Like, Faith, you just kind of explained the theory behind yours. you know. And there's other photographers out there that might be a little different than yours, but doesn't mean that that's right or wrong. But the point is understanding what the expectation is and when you will receive your product Im images. Because believe it or not, I bet you you'll be a little surprised that some of our turnaround times are a little longer than you might think they are. Absolutely. I get or that. faster than you think they're going to be, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, I I mean, I get that a lot, too. I, I People ask me what my turnaround time is. I let them know what Dan and I's turnaround time is. It's also in the contract. But you know what? You're, you're right. Just having that conversation, letting people understand what the turnaround time is. However, the other thing that they should be asking us is will they own their digital images? Because not every photographer is giving you the rights to their images. So you have to ask exactly what are you buying and what are you purchasing? Because there's this weird world of copyright law, right? And I know like your eyes, Faith, if you're just like, like. <laughs> so I guess I'll take that one, right? Yeah. If I take it this Sarah's one. Sarah's going to do that one. <laughs> All right. So let me give you the quick lowdown on the copyright law. And you, some of you guys are going to just scratch your head and, and like things that make you go, hmm, 
And some, like especially those attorneys out there, they're like, okay, makes sense. Here's a deal. Copyright law, this is universal. And I'm just giving you the cliff notes and you could always Google it, right? Um, we own the images. It's weird, right? It's like it's your wedding. It's your, it's your images. But we own them. We're the creator. So we will always own them no matter what. Even if we're you're buying the rights to them, we always own the images. They are ours. So you have to make sure that you are talking with your photographer and making sure that you are buying the rights. So that means ex- basically dual rights. So you can do whatever you want with your images if you're buying the rights to them, right? So in copyright law, basically the creator owns them and then they're giving you the rights to them. So therefore you can do what you want with them too. Here's the thing though, right? It's kind of like, what's it, Dan, in the book, plagiarisms, right? When you have to, when you have to, what's the word in the, like an author, if you write, if credit. you, credit, credit. thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same analogy of that. If, if, if you're writing something and you're quoting something that someone's already written, you have to give them credit. Otherwise it's plagiarizing, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go and post an image, believe it or not, even if it's like on your own per, like personal social media site, it's still out there in the worldwide, like it's in the world. You're technically supposed to be giving the creator like copyrights and and credit, right? So even though you can go make your own prints, even though you can go make your own albums, put things on your wall, if you're putting it out there in the universe for publicly to be seen, AKA blogs, magazines, billboards, I mean, I don't know, I mean, where else people's images show up, you know, social media sites, you should be crediting the photographer. However, you're purchasing the rights to do whatever you want with them personally. So with that said, I went on like a complete tan- tangent, but basically that is general copyright law. That's not just like me making this up. That is practiced by, it should be practiced by everybody. And so just ask your photographer if you're purchasing the rights to those images because you know, every photographer is different. So that is a big thing. Turnaround time and purchasing the rights to the images. Faith, Faith, wake up, wake up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, she's awake. Okay, we can, we can. All right, on. fine, guys. Snooze fest. The law stuff is listen. Of my well, actually, the law is. Uh, listen for those law. listeners out there. If anybody yeah, appreciated my law talk, hit me up on Instagram and tell me that I didn't snooze fest you guys. Okay? <laughs> she's gonna do a law podcast next. <laughs> <laughs> So, fine. Moving on then. I'll wake you guys all up. What's the next thing that people should be asking us? Uh, Another great thing to ask your photographer is how will you be receiving the images once they are ready? So, some photographers do delivery 100% by download. Technology is changing so rapidly. Um, Like, we used to do DVDs. We used to do gold DVDs. That's Most computers don't even have a DVD drive um, in them anymore. You know, all the computers are coming out. There's no USB port in there. You need to get some kind of adapter. So a lot of people are gravitating towards 100% digital download. Um, I still do USBs at the time right now. Um, but, you know, maybe that will be subject to change in the near future just because that's, like, again, technology is just changing rapidly. Um, so that's I just think of, like, about. Indiana Jones, like, holding a CD and be like, that belongs in a museum. Absolutely. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So that that is an important one is how you're getting their images, which kind of leads into 
my last little point that I think I want to make before we take a quick break, and that is how long does the photographers hold on to the images? So another thing that you really need to consider, you don't need to actually ask us this, but just kind of look over your contract, and if it's not in your contract, then definitely have a conversation. Again, everything's about transparency, having a good relationship, but you really need to figure out how long do they have their images. Every photographer is different, but remember, once you are... Let's say you are working with a photographer that you're buying those rights. Once you're buying those rights for the images or once your wedding contract is completed, there is usually a shelf life that the photographers hold on to your data because going back to our original thing, backups, right? So a lot of us are invested in some major money, some major backup systems. We have all sorts of things. It just doesn't go up in the cloud. And if it does, then that's a red flag, okay? Like it should, there's a lot going on here. So there's taking up storage and servers. So ask your photographer how long they have your images for. There's no right or wrong for that. Just ask them. With that answer, though, make sure that as soon as you get your images on, like, Indiana Jones CD or Fate's <laughs> Thumb Drive or, for me, a digital download um, or, you know, some photographers, they might hand deliver it. I don't know. Send a flying plane. Like, I have no, sh I have no clue how you're getting those images. But once you do, uh, just make sure that you do backups. Have your own backup. So just a little, like, little tip from me is that for my family, we have a fireproof safe. We have the most up-to-date media. So right now, I have them on thumb drives. Before, I had them on CDs. But I am constantly transferring my important memories, my important images, putting them in a fireproof safe. So that's everything from my own wedding day to the engagement pictures that faith took of me and wedding pictures that dan took of me and uh, baby pictures that i have of my children you know anything that is important to me is on a thumb drive in a fireproof safe so your wedding images should sit there with that said though we're going to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to talk a little bit more about things that you should be asking your photographer versus things that are not important but i think what you're going to really like we're going to get into a little bit about inspiration photos that you should be sending to us and what we can do with that. So we'll be right back. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now let's get back to the episode. Welcome back, podcast friends. So before the break, we got into a little bit about what's important to ask your photographer and what's not important. So obviously, we talked about the camera gear versus insurance versus how you're going to get your images and then the snooze fest, what copyright law, right? But now let's actually get into the actual aesthetics of the image and the style and the photography and the actual visual. So with that said, Faith, what is important to ask your photographer in regards to the style? So I think editing styles are a huge, that's a something that absolutely should be covered in a meeting. Um, you want it, you can see clearly right now that a lot of the styles are gravitating, a lot of the editing styles are gravitating towards this really moody, muddy, sort of brown, sepia tone. Um, then there's a lot of photographers who are doing a very clean, neutral, bright edit. Um, that's definitely something that's here to stay. Um, you want to probably discuss that. Um, so, you know, it's funny that you say that, right? Because this is literally a conversation that me and you get into offline all the time, right? <laughs> like, yes, all the time. 
<laughs> All and the like, time. True. So, so just so you the listeners know, right? It's very interesting. I think it's what I think it's really important. Like Faith said, ask your photographer what their style is, and you're going to get all sorts of different answers. But also, too, look at their style. And what we mean by that style is for you all, you don't realize that a lot, like what you're looking at is actually the editing. So when you look at an image, if you like the image, see what you like about it. So kind of what Faith was talking about in the wedding world, the way I could basically talk about this is that it's kind of like with anything, right? Like even house decor, the pendulum always goes one way to the other. Same thing with outfits, right? So like in house decor, like it was very, like everything was very light and grays and whites. And now you're seeing, you know, colored kitchen cabinets. You're seeing black windows. So it's very interesting. We're going to know when houses are built during the years, you know, 2022, 2023, 2021, 2020. It's the same thing, though, with like, you know, before that, it was everything was grays and whites. So if you walk into a house, you, you knew when that house was built. And then before that, what's the, what's the opposite of grays and whites? It was dark and walnut and browns, right? So same thing with house decor. Photography is the same way. You, I mean, I've, we've been in business, what, 20, 20 something years. So there was used to be the very, very, very saturated colors, right? The answer to that, the opposite of that, and went to light and airy. Then the, uh, the answer to light and airy is now, like you said, Faith, like right now the trend is kind of this dark and moody. But the point is, look at your photographer's work, right? If they are editing dark and moody, they're not going to give you a light and airy. It's just not going to happen. And if they're light editing light and airy, they're not going to give you dark and moody, nor should they. So you just want to make sure that they're consistently editing and that you like their style. Right. And so it's up to the photographers to be consistent with their editing. And it's also up to the couples to choose a style and stick with it um, and not decide, you know, a couple months after their wedding that they did, in fact, want that moody editing and they got all light and bright or vice versa. So just about consistency amongst us as photographers and amongst the couples. Well, it's also hard if you like a photographer's maybe style in a certain way, but you're like, oh, can you can you change it? Can you just make them light and airy? And it's like, oh, it's like, you know, I like your oil paintings. Can you do me a watercolor? And you're like, uh. Exactly. And that's the thing, Dan. Like, that's a great point is that you just as – Someone who's looking into photography, you may not know the terminology that we're telling you all right now, but I think what we're saying to you all is, like you said, look at the images. Make sure that you like the way that the colors are, like the tones, like the, I mean, not just your photographer, right? Just look at their actual work. Because like you said, I mean, if you ask a photographer to edit and make their images one way versus the other way, you're actually asking them to completely change their entire process. I mean, everything from the way we shoot to the way we edit. I mm -hmm. mean, I don't want to get technical on you all, but there's ways to make images light and airy in the camera versus it's not just editing, you know, or there's ways to make images, you know, dark and moody. It's all about adjustments in your camera, but that's a whole other <laughs> topic. The point is takeaway with this is make sure that you are liking their style. Make sure they're consistent. And like Faith said, once you pick your photographer, stick with it like that style like just like that's the style you're going to go with because they're not going to be able to change it on you it's the same thing with when you once you choose a wedding dress stop looking at wedding dresses yeah i love that tip mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you know what you're always going to find something that you admire and you like it doesn't mean that's right or wrong it's just that that's not what you decided mm -hmm. yeah i like that there you that's go good, yeah check you out with that said though once you pick your photographer 
Another thing that you should be talking with your photographer is about inspiration photos. So there's definitely going to be photographers that have different commentary about sending them pictures. But if you do send them pictures, right, I think it's really important to start thinking about the pictures that you're sending them. So a lot of times we get pictures from different areas of the country, different lighting, different seasons. Now, if you're sending it to them for like a pose, fine. you know. But if you're sending it to us for, because you want to recreate something, there is definitely a dialogue that needs to happen there because we have to remember that photography is light and you cannot replicate the exact moment that a picture is being taken unless it's controlled lighting in a studio. So with that said, like you can even send people images from your own venue, but it doesn't mean you're going to get that exact type of lighting exact scenario so again inspiration photos are really great but it's a dialogue and what you're doing with those it's really important so have a dialogue with your photographer about your inspiration photos and i'm sure you all have something to say about that oh absolutely sure sure yeah um i think a really good advice is to literally go on to the venue like site and that will give you a better idea of like you have a better chance of getting that same light maybe um, and vibe and you you have the same architecture or whatever it's gonna be easier to recreate you know that type of photo if it's like you're getting married in a field and you send a picture of a castle and you're like well we don't have a castle so absolutely that's exactly you're taking the words out of my mouth because I mean I remember several years ago I had a beach wedding I was commissioned for and the bride sent me inspiration photos of um, the city of Providence so I kind of you know behind the scenes talk to her about okay what is it in this Providence skyline photo that you like is it the pose that you like is it the post-production is it the lighting is it the color what is it because you're getting married on the beach and there's no skyscrapers or cityscape to be had so let's identify um, and di diagnose what it is that you like about this photo and this is why why this is inspiration to you or for instance, maybe they're sending us um, beautiful photos of the southern plantations where you've got the Spanish moss dripping from you know those beautiful trees. We just don't have those trees here in Rhode Island. But what we do have is we have our famous beechwood trees that are similar, not the same, but similar. And then we have some weeping willows that are a little difficult to find in our area, but let's find something that's similar um, that's going to give you that aesthetic and that look and feel with something that is obtainable and achievable in our area. You know what might be a good idea is if you're doing like a Pinterest, a Pinterest thing or like inspiration, section them off with like, I like these poses. This is a group of poses that I yes. like. This is a p something else. You know what I mean? Because like you said before, people give inspiration images and it's like, you got to be on the same page of what you're talking about. So it's like, what do you like? Like you said, like, is it the pose you like? Is it the vibe you like? Is it the editing you like? Is it the expression? You know what I mean? You could be thinking you want something total, like, oh, we can totally recreate that whatever thing, but if the light's not the same, oh, it didn't look the same. It's like, because of the lighting or because of the expression or something like that. I like your Just tip. be more be more specific, right? I like your tip, Dan, because mm -hmm. that's exactly, I didn't even think about that. I just that. made that up right I now. I like that. There you go. <laughs> that's what we need to start doing. Like all these years of getting pictures, you, so for the listeners, I, I love that tip. Take your Pinterest board or your inspiration pictures and put them in different buckets. Like I like this photo because of the pose. I like this photo because of the lighting. I like this photo because of the background. I like this. I mean, you just go on and on different categories instead of just sending photos. And then therefore, as your photographer, they can talk to you about 
what's achievable and what's not. Again, going back to setting expectations. So I think it's really important uh, that you have a little bit of a dialogue of the visuals. I mean, listen, uh, on, on another note, though, you don't have to send us pictures. I, I just want to throw that out there. Like, if you hired a photographer or you're looking for hiring a photographer, do not think that that is anything that you need to do. There definitely, I could tell you about more than half of our clients don't even send pictures. I'm just saying, if you send pictures, things to consider. And I love to get photos back that I have taken from that particular venue. So if I have a Rosecliff Mansion wedding and my bride goes back through my Instagram and finds a bunch of Rosecliff photos and then she screenshots that and sends that back to me, I, I because I took that photo, I know what went on behind the scenes to recreate that for her, for her wedding. So when I get it back of my own work, that's super helpful. Honestly, that is a great nugget because it, you know what? That's exactly it. I agree with you. If I'm going to get any type of inspiration photos, it definitely helps me to get it from the pictures that we've created ourselves because exactly that. We know exactly what happened there and how to replicate that that feeling and that vibe. Another thing, though, speaking about the images and the visual, that I think it's important to talk with your photographer about. And again, it's if you don't have any of these concerns, you don't have to. But if you do, you need to be upfront with them prior. It's a little bit about self-consciousness, right? So if you you know, want to minimize something, okay? Um, or you want to you want to show more of something, definitely let your photographer know. It could be anything from, I'm just throwing out things that I've seen before, like tattoos to pregnancy to, I don't, arms. I mean, you, you name it, we've heard it. Everybody has this thing that they focus on for themselves. So like, for example, you know, I had a bride that she was pregnant and she's just like, hey, I have no, she's like, I have no shame. She's like, I just want it though to be about me and my husband. What can we do to minimize the fact that, you know, I'm carrying and there's ways of going about it. I have another couple where he's a little conscious about the fact that he has, he's bald. Well, I mean, I can't do anything about the fact that you're not bald, but there's ways to go about things in the posing to minimize places where you're eyes don't want to go right right so i mean it's like nip tuck when they sat down if anybody remembers that show everyone would sit down with the plastic surgeons and the first question they'd ask is what do you not like about yourself so that's a similar thing everybody has some part of their body that they don't like for me it's my upper arms not my favorite part about my body so whenever i get my photo taken if i know i'm going into you know have portraits done i'm probably going to try to cover up my upper arm i'm probably not going to have that displayed Ironically, if anybody knows Faith, she had a wedding dress that was strapless. Faith also worked very hard in the gym for a very long time to get into that wedding dress. So, and, and I totally understand this because we hear this all the time. There's, I, I, there's very rare, I would say it's probably about 5 to 10% of the people I photograph are all, like, their upper arms are like their favorite parts of their body. I mean, like, no, hardly anybody ever says that, right? So I get that. But we all wear sleeveless, strapless dresses, don't we? Myself included, right? We, I, I get this. I get this. I understand. So... Um, so if someone says that to me and they still wear a strapless dress, just like I did, I've got a great pose that I call the cake topper pose. And it means the, you know, if, if we're talking about a bride and a groom, this is the bride's, um, is holding her flowers in her left hand, sort of elbows bent. I know you guys can't see me, so I'm going to describe this as best I can, sort of, you know, elbow bent. And then the right hand is 
um, grabbing her husband's elbow so that the whole back of her arm is sort of behind their bodies. That's that's a go-to pose that I'll always use for anyone who tells me that that specific part of their body isn't um, their favorite part. Or something I hear a lot is, I don't like my profile. So we'll just skip past all of the photos of the couples looking directly at each other in profile. That's something I hear quite a bit. Actually, what I'm going to do for the listeners is I'm going to snag one of Faith's quote-unquote cake topper photos, and I'm going to put it on the show notes. So that way for the listeners who are conscious of their arms, you can see what Faith does, and then you can probably maybe send it to your photographer if you've hired Faith. Tell Faith to do the cake topper photo. So mm-hmm. Faith, send me one of those pictures. I'll put it right on the show notes for the um, for the blog for the listeners. Um, another thing just made me think of this was like some people are like, oh, I want, um, you know, just natural stuff and, you know, I don't want to be posed at all. I don't want any. I just want it to be like running around and having fun and yada, yada. And just so you know, like you got to set those things up, maybe not posing, but you have to like orchestrate as a photographer, orchestrate those type of things. And I feel like some photographers say like, oh, I'm just photojournalistic and maybe they're not going to like get you that type of vibe. But it's something that like, I don't know. I don't know how you go about that. But sometimes it, uh, inspiration images are like off the cuff or like walking and laughing and stuff like that. And maybe look at your photographer's Instagram or like something like that and make sure they can capture that type of thing if you're that's what you're looking for I mean and a lot of I always hear that everyone comes in they go I like natural photos I like candid photos no one likes these robotic overly posed images but what you don't know if you haven't been in a wedding recently is the photographer's always giving you a prompt like there's you to get those candid and I'm doing air quotes here to get these candid natural photojournalistic images a lot of times the photographer is giving you instruction giving you direction giving you a prompt telling you to go hold hands and go for a walk and look at each other and laugh we're directing you and we're talking you through we're, we're walking you through all of the posed portions of your wedding day of course ceremony reception that's all documents we're just documenting what's happening but in terms of the you know, uh, wedding party photos, formals, bride and groom photos, couples photos, all those things, those are all directed and prompted by us. Unless you are hiring someone who is truly a documentary style photojournalistic where you get no direction. And in my experience, couples need guidance, ideas, inspiration, prompting, direction to make those set of images that they are expecting and that they've seen. Yeah, I do. I mean, not. I mean, I literally can sit here and talk with us three all day because I can just talk about that in yeah, itself absolutely. right there. I mean, that right there is a whole show topic, mm-hmm. which I think what we'll do then, Dan, is maybe what we'll do is we'll get back in the recording studio, me and you, and we'll do a, maybe a series. And that way, for the listeners, you guys can get a, some different series about photography because we could just go on and on. Mm-hmm. And that's what we'll do. So that – so. We'll wrap up for today for the wrap-up question, but we're going to come back. Dan and I will record some more information about photography, and I so appreciate you, Faith, coming in and getting us going Thanks with this. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. This was great. I love bantering with you. Yeah. Is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast. Wow. And I've been, listening, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, so it's very cool to be on one, I guess, right? And I love it. I fulfilled my dreams of being – I, I listen to plenty of podcasts while I'm editing, so – 
Many hours. Many, many hours of podcasting and editing. Right. So it's time for a wrap up question. What are some key points that couples should be asking their photographers when they're inquiring to make sure that they are working with a professional company to ensure that their wedding day is an absolute perfect event? Definitely ask the company that you're interviewing about their backup systems and their insurance policies. Also, too, you want to definitely go over with them if they if you have the rights to the images and what the turnaround time is and talk a little bit about copyright law and what are you getting for the money transaction. And inspiration images aren't bad, but remember the certain things that we were talking about and have your expectations and understand with your photographer, um, you know, what's going into those inspiration photos. So Faith, thank you so much for joining us this week on uh, Wedding Secrets Unveiled. Um, you helped our listeners become one step closer in their journey for a stress-free wedding planning. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. So you can find me online at duganphotography.com. That's uh, Dugan with one G, D-U-G-A-N, photography.com. And for our listeners, we will have Faith's information and episode show notes on our blog and our website page, which is at sarazarella.com backslash podcast. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.